This is Wisconsin Profits, the top Wisconsin-based business podcast. We'll hear from business leaders, entrepreneurs, and the influential people in the Badger State. Here's your host, Alex Byrne. Hey, everyone. We have Sam on today from Milwaukee. Hi, Sam. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. Super excited to be here. Um, could you just give us a little quick background about who you are and what you've done and what you're currently doing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and currently I'm uh, in the digital media and video space. So uh, really when I graduated high school back in 2018, I knew I didn't want to go to college and I needed to figure out what to do next with my life. So that's when I uh, really just started testing out different entrepreneurial ventures. I'm um, really starting my junior year of high school. So test everything from real estate to e-commerce to cryptocurrency to forex trading and really everything in between to to try to make money. Uh, but then a common theme throughout my life uh, um, is I was I was making videos um, documenting that journey. So just simply telling people and informing people, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm trying to build. Um, but I never really had the intention to get into video as a, I guess, a career or profession or run a video business. But um, as I just kept making videos and kept uh, getting attention from people kind of around the Milwaukee community, they started asking me if I could make videos for them. So I said, yep, absolutely. I need to, I need to jump on any opportunities I could find. So, um, that was really in, uh, like later half of 2018 when I really got into the video world. So once those first few, uh, video gigs, uh, were landed, I went all in on video, um, and then from 28, late 2018 through 2019 and 2020, I was really figuring out um, how to, I guess, develop the video landscape and where to go and uh, where do I want to go and, and such, doing a lot of in-person shooting. And then COVID hit, obviously, in 2020, and then I shifted everything online. So currently, I'm running a, a whole remote, fully remote online video editing company, essentially. That's what Blank Slate is today. So what was your motivation to get started with these first couple of business ventures? Yeah, it's to uh, not have to work for anyone and not have, have a boss. So I, I love the freedom that it creates. And it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword because people, a lot of people get into entrepreneurship because of the quote-unquote freedom it creates. But in reality, it is an ungodly amount of hours and work that you need to put in. Um, so again, I, I'd way rather work, work 100 hours for myself uh, over... 30 or 40 hours for someone else any day of the week. Um, so it's really, I'm, I'm just obsessed over uh, taking an idea that's in my head and then formulating it into reality and then uh, kind of putting all the pieces in, uh, in place to create that, create that vision, whether it's with other people, other partners, other, uh, other clients and, and everything. So I just really love the process of thinking about a business and then building it and then getting the right people on board. So what were some of your first couple business ventures and what were some of the lessons that you've learned from those that have helped you today? Yeah, my, uh, my first real one was, um, I think dropshipping, um, like dropshipping, building an e-commerce store and stuff. And I remember spending the good portion of the summer of 2018, building out my own store, sourcing product from Alibaba and, uh, running all the Facebook ads, the Instagram ads, and then really learning that process. So I, I was just, putting in 10, 12, 13 hours a day, just simply learning. And I, I built that store so fast. It, it didn't end up making money. I definitely lost money in the process, but I learned so much through it. And I think 
just absolutely fully immersing myself into that process taught me more than people um, do in their whole lifetime as far as starting a business. So that was really my first uh, taste of what it's like, uh, really immersing myself into a business, not even a, a specific business, but just my first business. Um, did it work out? No, but I, I learned lessons from it of, hey, that sometimes you simply need to put your head down and work and like good thing, good things come if you, uh, if you just lead with an open mind and curiosity. So that's really what I learned from it. It's like, you just need to be open to any opportunities that come your way. Um, and if you're truly open, then, then good things will happen. So did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or was there kind of like a, a moment when you realized that, you know, school might not be for me and that I might have to take an alternative route? Yeah, I, I come from a fairly entrepreneurial family. My mom and dad have been entrepreneurs. They run their own business. Um, grandma and grandpa entrepreneurs. So again, the kind of the mentality of not working for the man, not working for someone else has really been ingrained into me. Uh, so from an, from an early age, I knew I wanted to um, start some sort of business or really get into the business sphere. I didn't exactly know what that looked like. I was super interested in like investments like stocks and mutual funds and ETFs and more of like a venture capitalist world, which uh, we can definitely get into later, still interested in that world. Um, but yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to do something around entrepreneurship and, and business, but just didn't really know, uh, know the exact game plan. So what is one thing you got wrong about entrepreneurship before starting your first dropshipping store and doing all these different ventures? Yeah, I was doing it literally just to make money. Um, that was the, my only, re I like, I needed to put food on my plate, which come it's, it will help you start and build momentum and work harder than the next person. If you really have uh, kind of your back against the wall in a sense of like, Hey, I had no other game plan. I quit my job. I had no other income coming in. I had a little money saved up. Um, so I, I absolutely needed to needed to make money somehow. So I think that was my first, first problem. And I learned that I really didn't like anything I was doing uh, in that time, whether it was, uh, whether it was drop shifting or real estate or Forex trading, I, I wasn't passionate about any of those things. So I burned out really, really, really quickly. But when, when it came to video and storytelling and talking to people, that's when I really loved, I, I found out I loved doing that. Uh, I started out with just my iPhone. So it's not like I was a big like film student or videographer beforehand. It was kind of just one of those things where I needed to capitalize on an opportunity. Um, and simply through that, I learned, hey, if you're passionate about something, go after it. Um, even if you're the slightest bit interested, go after it. Um, and then throughout that process, you will learn what you're interested in and what, and what you're not or what you like and what you're not. So what is one piece of advice you'd give to somebody in your exact situation when you started, when you didn't know what you exactly wanted to do? What is one thing you'd tell them or even tell yourself at that age? Focus and then hustle. Uh, like fo instead of trying to do eight different things at once, um, focus on one thing at a time, go really hard in that one thing. And then you can determine, okay, do you like that? Do you not like that? Is it working? Is it not working? And then move on to the next. So I'm a big, uh, big proponent of like speed, like, especially when you're young, move fast and test a lot of different things. Again, I wouldn't change anything ab about my story. I would just try to make myself focus on those specific things because again, I was trying all of those different things at once. I was trying 
forex trading and uh, stocks and real estate and and a handful of other things. So I wasn't really uh, building any momentum around any specific thing. I was just kind of throwing everything at a at a wall at once and seeing what would stick, which inherently didn't make anything stick. But but if I could focus on one thing at a time, I think that would that would help a ton. Okay, so with Blank Slate Media, your video media production company. What problem did you see in the video world where you saw an opportunity to build a, me a media business and help small businesses tell their story and get their word out there? Yeah, it was funny because I had no intention of actually starting a media company and video company and stuff, but it just happened the most organic way possible. I was, I was simply sharing my story with the world. Um, I wasn't selling anything. I was saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is my current state of life. I'm not going to college. Um, and simply, simply documenting that journey. But then once people resonated with that and once people started asking like, hey, Sam, I love your LinkedIn videos. Could you do this for me? Then a light bulb went off of like, oh, no one's, or a very few amount of people are actually talking about these things. So now is the time to capitalize on that and go hard in, in helping other people share their individual stories. And that's when I really, uh, really understood that Hey, this content engine, the the videos we're creating, the reach we can we can reach people. Uh, that's super important, and more and more people will need that in the future, and will continue to need that. So that's kind of why I why I started the company, why I jumped on that opportunity so fast. So, how did you get started with videography, um, and why did you choose videography exactly? Yeah. So uh, again, kind of relating it to my. Uh, to what I just said, um, I was just making making videos on my iPhone, simply telling people about my story, and then people reached out and said, "Yo, Sam, can you create these same videos uh, for me?" I said yes. Landed the first few few gigs, and I was just uh, I had my iPhone and was editing on my on my iPhone and and laptop um, just through iMovie, and that was it. And then I took that money, invested into different camera gear, and then went on my way to uh, to start my own video company from there. So, so. As somebody on the younger side of a service business, did you have any problems building a reputation? No, because uh, no one expected anything from me. That's the biggest thing. What, once, once you think people expect something from you, then you're in a very vulnerable place. And, and that's when you can get burned. But going into it, I had zero experience when it comes to camera, to video, to personal branding, to social media, to really anything. So I was I was a complete blank slate, uh, to put it put it punny. Um, yeah. So no one expected that I could do anything that I was really valuable to anyone else. And I'm not trying to make it sound like a sob story, but that's that's pretty black and white in business. If a random kid comes up to you and says like, "Yo, I don't have any experience." Uh, let, let me try. It's like, okay, that's not super valuable to, to people. Um, so I, I just needed to, I guess, win over the trust of, of, of select few people so I could test. Um, that's how I, that's how I really got it. And I, from a very young age, um, a very young as, as in my entrepreneurial journey of like 17, 18, I, I'm 21 now. So, so much older. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I would definitely use my age as my biggest advantage because that's the one thing we don't get back. So again, kind of like layering off of that piece of advice to my 17, 18 year old self or when you're, when you're first starting, use your age as the biggest advantage and use your hunger to learn as the biggest advantage. 
again, any, you could be talking to the, you could be talking to anyone in the world, mostly anyone in the world, uh, any wealthy top 1% business owner that's made it. If they could switch spots with you with just your age, they would. They absolutely would. Select few wouldn't, but no amount of money in the world is worth your time. Like yeah. that is the one thing we don't get back. So unless someone figured out how to be immortal, which we're pretty damn close, uh, until then, time is the most important asset I think we, we all have and we all lack. So yeah. use your time to your advantage. So kind of just what you just touched on, do you have any advice for a young service provider trying to build a business? Go on past that first couple of clients. Um, so like they, they already have a service there. Uh, yeah. They have first few clients. Right. Get a mentor, get a coach. Um, that's, I, again, I had really no one to mentor me uh, when I was first starting. So I was doing everything by myself and uh, just figuring out as I, as I went and I learned a ton, but I could have learned so much faster if I had someone kind of holding my hand and holding me accountable. So I'd definitely say, find a mentor, find, find a coach. Um, and whether it's, whether they give you free services or you just talk to them, chat with them, get that external support um, from someone who's already done, who's someone that's already ahead of you uh, a few steps so they can guide you. Again, maybe the, the journey that they've learned in, uh, in five, five years or 10 years, they can implement those, uh, those lessons into you and maybe you can learn them in one year. So again, going back to the time, time is the most important asset we have. Um, hiring a coach saves you a lot of time because it, it just accelerates your learning process. Yeah. So at Blank Slate Media, what, what's kind of been your biggest challenge in building a business? Yeah, it's, um, it's putting my ideas on paper and then building out the systems that uh, is necessary to grow. I'm, I'm good at starting things from scratch, uh, being really scrappy, moving really fast to get things moving, get momentum building. Uh, but then when it comes to the next level of actually like not turning that into a real business, cause it was a real business all along, but getting it to the next level of business um, that that's been my biggest struggle because I'm not very operational. And that's, that's the thing where I'm definitely working on. That's a huge weakness of mine. So it's, I guess, finding the pieces, pieces and people uh, that I need to put in place to really scale the business to the, the next level. I think that's the, that's the biggest challenge I've, I've been facing. So what's kind of the biggest lesson you've learned so far in operating this business that might help you later on in the future? Speed. You never know what the right direction is until you test it out and learn. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the services that you offer at Blank Slate Media? Video editing. And that's it. We offer one service and we just want to be the best in the world at that one thing. Awesome. So mainly for short form social media stuff, we don't do any like big weddings or big production shoots. So video editing for social media videos. So how do you feel about businesses specializing in one thing? Do you think it's better because then they're just really good at that one thing? Or would you recommend somebody branch out into just so many different things that they might not be able to handle? Yeah, it depends on where, you, uh, where you're at from a business standpoint, how good you are at, at servicing those, those different things. Um, I, I always 
just offered one thing, one or maybe two different things, but I never went wide because I, I don't want to build a full stack agency, a full scale agency where I'm, where I'm, uh, handling four, five, seven, eight different services just because it's so time consuming, it's expensive, it's hard. So if I could just focus on one thing, the, the one problem that I really had, which was video editing, that, that was much easier for me. So that's where I would recommend people start. If they wanna start adding on more, more products, be careful, but you can absolutely do it. There's obviously a ton of big full stack agencies out there, but it, it depends on your goal, your goals and stuff. So our, our, my business is super systematized right now. I have the people and processes in place to, to scale now. And I don't really need to handle a lot of the day-to-day. -day. I have on some, some sales calls here and there, but other than that, everything's pretty much automated, which is super nice. And that's hard to do in a full stack agency. So I'd say, I'd say start narrow, start small, and then expand from there. Definitely. So as the years have gone on, we just spend more and more time on our phones. How important do you think it is for a local business or maybe a regional business and even just bigger businesses to integrate video into their strategies and tell their stories? How important do you think telling a story is and how would you recommend a business get started if they don't really have the experience with be, putting themselves out there usually? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's one of the most important things you can do. Um, it depends on the, the size of your business. Obviously, uh, some businesses grow without using social media. And I'll, I'll take a step back from not talking about just video, but more so the, the social media platforms we have available. Um, that's something I think a common misconception people have of me of like, I'm just a video guy, but I'm, I'm this, I, I want to be social media. Like, I, I'm just obsessed over how people communicate and to meet them where they are. So if it's text posts, if it's blogs, if it's vlogs, it's podcasts, any of that I, I like. So from that context, that is everything. And if your business cannot uh, communicate effectively over, over the right now social media platforms we have available, you are going to lose in the long term. Maybe you have enough cash flow right now to sustain yourself for the next few years, but we're not slowing down. Technology is not slowing down. So building your digital footprint and your, your uh, online presence, online brand is I think the most important thing in business right now, because if you don't, you are irrelevant. And if you are irrelevant, you will die. So go so ahead. On social, social platforms. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend? Like what's your one platform that you would recommend? And then what are some two or three possibly that you think are undervalued and that you could get a lot of reach on? Yeah, that, um, that's what I was going to go into next. It's definitely dependent on your, on your business. I know you, you've asked a few other kind of like service provider questions and stuff and more, more on the business entrepreneurial side. So um, from a, if you're selling to businesses, um, LinkedIn, go hard on LinkedIn. That's how I started, um, especially if you are service-based provider, a photographer, videographer, graphic designer, web developer, go hard on LinkedIn. Um, and I think that's the, that's number one place to be. Anything outside of that, TikTok. Like if you're not selling straight up B2B, go to TikTok. And my recommendation is to spend most of your time on LinkedIn and then on TikTok for the rest of your time, even if you're, if you're B2B. Outside of that, um, I still think Insta, Instagram is, is important. 
I know uh, it's gotten a lot of heat lately um, as far as organic reach is dying, yada, yada, which is the natural life cycle of a social media platform. But I think it's, it's still where a lot of the attention is from a uh, just average consumer standpoint. I spend probably the second amount of most time on Instagram, uh, probably compared to TikTok. Um, but yeah, those, those, are, those are still my top three, TikTok, LinkedIn, Insta. So what, would it, what advice would you give to somebody looking to start posting on social media? How would you recommend them if they're afraid of getting into the camera? How do you recommend getting started? What types of content should they be posting? Like at the very beginning of their social media journey? Yeah, I'd say figure out what you want to talk about. Is Are you super obsessed over one topic of discussion or something? Or do you love... Uh, do you love talking about the environment, uh, different cars, uh, whatever you're interested in, uh, Pokemon cards and anything. Uh, so figure out what you want to talk about, um, and something you're passionate about talking about. Don't just talk about entrepreneurship just because it's cool. When you hate entrepreneurship, that doesn't make sense. Don't, don't talk about sustainability and eating healthy. If you don't actually believe in those, in those things. So number one, determine what you want to talk about. And it can definitely be a wide variety of things. It doesn't need to just be one thing. Uh, number two, figure out how you communicate best. So going back to my point of, hey, I don't need to just make videos. I can make podcasts and written, written word uh, posts and stuff. So figure out what way you communicate best and definitely push yourself. I hated video at first. I was super uncomfortable, but I pushed through and now I think it's one of my strongest ways to communicate just because I like talking and interacting with people. Um, so figure out what, what ways you want to communicate best. You don't need to do video, but it, it helps. Uh, and then third is to distribute that. Uh, post the content, pick, pick one platform to go really hard in, whether that's TikTok, LinkedIn, Insta, go hard and then post that content on those, on those platforms and then repeat the process. Test, see what works, see what doesn't, read comments, engage with other people, engage with people in your community. That's the biggest thing. Um, and then you just learn. And then new social media platforms come up and repeat that cycle again. So it's not gonna change. Next might be uh, social media on the blockchain, powered by crypto and Ethereum or VR or AR, or again, all of these trends are the same. It's just with different technology. So with all these trends, and especially in video, things are ever-changing. How do you stay on top of the trends, where stuff's going, and how do you reciprocate that back to your clients and help them succeed? Consume. Watch. Listen. Dive into TikTok. You don't know what TikTok is? Cool. Download the app and dive in. Look up your, your sub-genres. Um, again, TikTok is easy to rip on just because a lot of people have negative uh, connotations towards it of they think it's just a bunch of 18, 16, 17, 18 year old girls out in California shaking their ass when in reality, like there's so much valuable information on there. Um, so if you like entrepreneurship, if you like sustainability, if you like cars, like there's genres of all of those within TikTok. So I'd say dive into those, uh, those areas, those genres and consume what people are talking about, dive into the comments, uh, engage with people, talk to people. So I think that's the fastest way to, fastest way to grow. Yeah. So in the last year, COVID, I mean, it's really hit hard on a lot of people and it's kind of exploited the fact that businesses need to start to change. How has COVID affected your business and how do you think COVID's affected video and has it played an importance in video and making 
it known that you must be on video? Yeah. Um, I literally started this editing business because of COVID. I shut down. It's I, I not shut down. I, I transitioned my previous business model, which was a lot of in-person shooting and everything. I transitioned that into uh, fully remote video editing, I have a team in the Philippines now and things are, things are moving. Um, but yeah, COVID uh, is and still, was and still is the time to find opportunities because there's a lot of them out there. So I think from a video world standpoint, it made everyone a little more human. Everything was a little less photoshopped and everything's cooped up in a professional studio and there's no ums and buts in podcasts or videos. Like I think we're, we're definitely on a, on a later half of the curve of like social media being real again and not just fake Instagram models and everything's filmed in a studio. Like we're seeing more and more people hopping on normal zoom calls like this. And this is an amazing piece of content. Um, but maybe a year ago or two years ago, people would look down on that because the production quality isn't high enough because the, the audio isn't the best because there's a bird flying in the sky and you can hear the bird chirp a little bit. So people needed to cut that out. So I, I'm super excited for, I guess this next iteration of, of content we're seeing from the biggest, biggest brands in the world, uh, I guess support this, this video style and support just more authentic, raw, raw videos. And that's why, that's why TikTok blew up because it's raw, because it's real, it's authentic. It's, it's normal human beings being normal human beings. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely a winning platform because they capitalized on that. There's definitely been some big personal brands that have just been super authentic in the way they talk and how they feel about something. What would you recommend to like somebody in a bigger business who might not feel like they should give up their authenticity? I know one of the TikTok pages I follow that I think is really interesting and great is the tick, uh, Quick Trip TikTok page. And I just think it's awesome. The person on there does really well. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, how important do you think it is that people start creating real connections on social media and treating it like peer to peer interactions? I think it's everything. People buy from people. People don't necessarily buy from businesses. So we, I again, Gary is a poster child of this. I, I think Gary's literally the reason why I started creating videos in the first place. So I, I owe him a lot of, uh, um, a, a lot of credit, a lot of praise in that in that regard. But look what he's doing. He's running a thousand person agency spread over four countries and three continents. And they're doing hundreds of millions of dollars. Like that's a, that's a huge company, but everything is driven by Gary and his personal brand. So I, I think we see that leverage so much. So I think more and more founders are going to start trying to build their personal brands for sure to drive traffic back to their business. That's specifically what I'm doing. That's how I started. So I think that trend is here to stay, but from a authenticity standpoint and everything, going back to the original point, like show your people, show if maybe it's not the founder, maybe the founder likes to stay behind the scenes and not super outspoken and vocal. Cool. Then find someone within the company to do that, to own that, um, to really show uh, the personalities of, of the people. So I think that's the, that that's important for, for businesses, any size right now. So could you talk a little bit about some of the success you've had with creating video and building your business, your personal brand and how that's really helped. Did you add, uh, did you ask stress? Success. Oh, success. Uh, like what's, what's helped success around building, building your video content and everything, personal brand. 
yeah, your personal brand. Yeah, it's uh, it's leaning into who you are. It's being unique. Um, again, I'm very uh, I don't give a lot of like tactical information, business advice out there, really at all, because I know there's so many other qualified qualified people to do so. Um, so I lean into what makes me unique. So I lean into the stories I can tell, the, um, the people I've met and simply share what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to build and not come across of like, hey, I know everything. I'm a 21 year old entrepreneur. Listen to me because I know all the business secrets when I don't and I don't even have the first clue to a lot of those secrets. Um, so lean into what makes you unique. Again, you're one out of 7.8 billion people. Um, so no one has ever experienced life and your exact situation like you do. So I think that's super powerful that a lot of people try to hide because they want to be like someone else. So it's a really dive into, into who you are. So personal brands keep changing. People are starting to leverage social media. Can you talk a little bit to the importance of personal branding and very people intensive businesses like being a, a real estate agent or something along those lines. How do you see it changing? How do you think people should get started with doing that? And what types of content do you think they should be posting that would maybe level them up compared to their, their peers? Yeah, your personal brand isn't, isn't anything else besides yourself. Right. That, that's it. So simply be yourself online. If you went to a, if you're just chatting with your, with your friends or maybe, maybe business colleagues in, a, in this sense, share that stuff. Like, post about that stuff. Again, we all learn lessons in different unique spots and weird ways. So share those lessons learned. So I'd say when you're, when you're starting out creating content, again, identify like what you can talk about real estate. First example, if you can talk about real estate, cool. That's what you're going to talk about. Dive into uh, different lessons you've learned throughout your real estate journey, for example. Um, yeah, other people can learn the same lessons, but no one has gone through your exact life and your exact experiences. So I'd say highlight those, showcase those. So I think that's the, that's the most important part of, um, of creating when it, when it comes to building your personal brand, being authentic in any other buzzword you want to you wanna sub in. It's, it's who you are. And that's, that's really at its core. Yeah. So how would you suggest like the equipment that they should use. Do you think they'd be just okay with an iPhone for building yes. a brand? Yes. Whatever, whatever you have. If you're listening to this podcast right now, watching this video right now, use whatever device that is. Uh, that's it. I, I wouldn't recommend getting anything else. Start with your phone. Start with whatever you have. If you can't build an audience, then a $40,000 camera is not going to help you. Right. So how do you think people you know, after you start your personal brand, how do you think people should build an audience? Like, is it providing value in that certain area? Do you think that's the most important part of building, you know, a certain audience in your brand? And then can you talk about a little bit how, what platforms they should leverage? I mean, you said a little bit before about B2B, LinkedIn. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, absolutely. So platform-wise, depends on, on what you're doing, obviously. Uh, starting and growing it it's engaging it's diving into different communities and uh simply having conversations if you can answer any questions then do it um just having real real human to human conversations i think is the most important part and uh, i know you touched on uh, kind of like adding value 
that's that's huge like why should like you're not entitled to a follow so why should someone follow you give them a reason to follow you so if you can hit those two on the head uh providing value in any way to your audience and you can engage with your audience engage with other communities outside of your specific audience then you're gonna win yeah so what is kind of the biggest thing that you've learned from this so far? What is the biggest lesson that you've learned in the first 21 or so years of your life that comes to the top of your mind? Changing your mind and changing your direction is a superpower. You need to be adaptable. You need to be able to change your mind really fast. You need to be able to change your direction really fast and pivot. We saw it with uh, with COVID, a lot of businesses, um, small, medium, and large, struggled to pivot and struggled to adapt to those new changes. And they went out of business. They, they lost money. They lost jobs. Um, so I think that's COVID isn't unique. Uh, that the situation the world was in is not unique. Was it blown up to a magnitude maybe we've never seen before? Absolutely. But the core... The core message I'm trying to uh, get across is there will always be things in life that will derail your path and kind of uh, a boulder will will fall on your road. So you'll need to learn how to go around it, go over it, go under it, drill through it so somehow to get around that. And the people that can change their mind fast, they're not romantic about what they've said and, and can change their thought patterns. They're going to win because life is all about adaptation adapt or die. That's, that's humanity. That's, that's our life. So we're, we're constantly changing, constantly moving, um, constantly growing, constantly evolving. So if you, if you can really be okay with that and be okay with, with having an open mind of, Hey, change my mind. Like, absolutely. I'm any of my thoughts, anything I've said on this podcast, anything I talk about, anything I think I'm open to my mind being changed. Like, give me a reason to, and I'll be the first one to change my mind. So I think that that's a big thing that a lot of people think changing your mind is, is weak. Uh, they need to uh, hold on to whatever they've, they've said to someone forever. And I'm not saying you can't follow through with your promises and what you're going to say you're going to do. Absolutely, you can. But if you get a piece of advice or evidence that you can change your mind and, and that will benefit your life, then absolutely change your mind. Get out of your own way, leave your ego aside and then change that direction, change that mind. And then, then, then you'll win. Could you give an example of a time that you've been really set on something and then maybe a boulder has fallen your path? Like you've said, how have you changed in that certain scenario? Yeah, literally, like right as COVID was hitting, like January, February uh, of 2020, I sat down with my my then um, kind of like business right-hand man in a sense. Uh, and we were going to go all in on in-person video shoots to experiential businesses. So let's say go-karting and rock climbing and restaurants and bars and uh, arcade type like bars and stuff. We were going all in on physical in-person shooting of those of those businesses, and then COVID hit. You think that business model would still be around today? Uh, with with it was literally a recipe for disaster. It was like the two hardest hit things of like in-person everything, and then experiential everything. And that's literally what we were gonna wrap our whole. That's what we were going to wrap our whole company around. 
but then COVID hit and I'm like, okay, we, we can't go there. I was not romantic about that model. If I tried to force that model through, I would be out of business and I'd go broke and bankrupt and it would be the end until I start something else. Uh, but th that time is when I, uh, when I said, okay, that's definitely the direction we cannot go. That is the last direction we can go. So let's, let's give the editing, editing thing a crack and see if we can, we can build a full remote, remote company there and I can work wherever. So that's when, that's when I started again, literally, um, like April, April of 2020 is when I officially launched this editing side, which is literally one year of the filming of this video. It's March 31st today of 2021. So it's been a crazy, crazy past year. So kind of outside of video editing, what are some things that you enjoy with your personal time that don't necessarily have to be in the business entrepreneur world? Yeah, this is huge. I love spending any time I can outdoors. I'm a big outdoors person. I love snowboarding. I love hiking. I love biking. Um, I like working out too. Outside of that, uh, nothing else besides hanging with, uh, hanging with the people I love that I'm closest with. So what is kind of, how important do you think it is that people find this certain lifestyle where they have found fulfillment at work, but they still have time to be able to do things like go outdoors or hang, hang around with the people you love. It's everything that, that, that that's life. That is literally life. What is more important in life than loving it? So find a way to love your life uh, that you can sustain. If you want to live a rich ass life, then you better make a lot of money and like that process, which is fine. I want to be rich as fuck. Like I want to make a lot of money because the more money you have, the more change you can make. It, it's pretty simple. Money is demonized, but um, when in reality, money is neutral. Um, so I think a lot of people, their motives are, are messed up and money, money, attention, everything just exposes those motives. So if you have pure, pure good motives, then, then you're in the clear. Um, but it's, it's everything like enjoying life, enjoying actually waking up every single day is to me, the, the purpose of it. So for me, it's, okay, I want to run these businesses to change the world, but I also want to spend time with people I love and, um, and build a life and design a life I love. And if I can't snowboard at all because of business, then that business isn't worth it. That's the trap I, I fell into. So this past winter, I definitely made it apparent to go out, to go out snowboard as much as I physically can. Um, and I wasn't going to sacrifice that because that, that brings happiness to me. So, um, don't, don't sacrifice that just for, just for, for a paycheck. Obviously there's a, there's a harmony there where your business can fuel your life and your life can fuel your business. So find that harmony between the two and then, and then you're good. It's different for everyone. Yeah. So you touched a little bit earlier on your interest in startups and maybe early stage businesses. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I love just finding uh, way smarter people than me and looking to invest in their vision for the world too that aligns with my vision. So like, I love what um, like Chamath is doing. Chamath Palahaptia. Uh, he's kind of a, not, not poster child, but he's a, he's a good, good example of like something I would love to do. Again, his, his whole, his company is called Social Capital. Their whole mission is to, I think, uh, advance the, advance humanity through the like best companies in the world, something like that. 
uh, invest in companies advancing humanity, something along the lines of that. Uh, but again, he puts a lot of money into companies actually making a difference in the world. And that's what I love because um, I, I don't think enough people um, support companies actually changing the world. So I think that's definitely, definitely needed. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, kind of just further my, further my journey into, into that world. Again, going back to money and raising capital and, and, uh, and yeah, just collecting capital and having, having money to invest. Like that's, that's huge because if a company needs, let's say a million bucks and I don't have a million dollars to give them and I don't know anyone with a million dollars to give them, I'm literally useless to that company uh, from, from a funding and life bread standpoint. So if I can, if I can help with that, that's, that's what I'm going to be pumped about. So what would you say your favorite company is right now changing the world and <laughs> why? Yeah. Um, I, again, I've, I've been a Tesla fan forever um, since super early, like middle school, which I don't even know what year that was when I was like 12, 13. Um, I, I've been an Elon fan for forever. And I think he's one of the brightest entrepreneurs that we have. And um, he has a crazy story. He's gotten a lot of, a lot of support uh, along the way to build the Elon we see today, a lot of backend, um, backend important roles and people. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Tesla is, is one of the first biggest companies we see really advancing humanity and not caring about the, the typical big corporations that we see. Again, Elon is almost anti-corporation, anti-SEC, which I, I love because I, I love kind of the um, the rebel in everyone. And especially if, if I can get behind an entrepreneur that also bashes against society and loves just shaking shit up. I, I love that. That's, that's definitely twofold for me, but definitely something around, um, around saving the planet, but then also getting to another planet is pretty important too. So um, I, I think Tesla is a, is a pretty good, solid cliche answer for me. <laughs> So what is kind of a lesson you've learned from some of these big prominent entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, who's kind of really just changing the way that we drive cars? Yeah, it's way deeper than driving cars, though. Um, I think that's that's what I've really learned of like Elon specifically wants to advance humanity in whatever whatever way he can. Um, I think finding that core like why you do what you do is super, super important. Again, Steve Jobs didn't give a fuck about creating iPhones or creating Apple Watches or iPads or iPods. He wanted to bash against society. He wanted to bash against uh, like IBM and Microsoft and typical corporate America and give power to the, to the consumer and give creativity to the consumer. So it's those, it's those layers that these huge, huge business owners have communicated through their organization. Same with Disney. Like Walt Disney was an absolute super genius. Um, and what he's, what he's built um, at Disney, as far as like the storytelling that goes on to every single story they make is just fascinating to me. So it's, it's really diving into like, what is the, what's the bigger reason why you're starting this company? Um, and twofold, you don't need to be Elon. 
Like so many people think they need to be Elon or Steve Jobs when you don't. You can get into entrepreneurship and like like those people without being Elon. Like I don't want to be Elon. I think that's a miserable way to live life. I love what he's doing and will um, will back him with with anything I got. But I don't want to be Elon. That quality of life is not is not high enough for me. So find what works find what works for you, and you don't you don't need to be Elon or Steve Jobs. Yeah. So kind of a question here to wrap everything up. Um, where do you see yourself five, 10, 15 years in the future? Advancing humanity and connecting those, those people making those differences to the masses. I think that is a perfect note to end on. I just wanted to thank <laughs> you, Sam, for coming on today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Alex, thanks for having me on. Absolutely keep doing this. This is one of the most like energizing, rapid fire, dope podcasts I've been on in a while. Um, I love the style. Keep it up. You really have a natural act for this. And again, I, I really, really enjoyed myself. Awesome. Thank you.